the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Law Offices of Selwyn Whitehead is a debt relief agency under federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking debt relief under the United States Bankruptcy Code. This is Selwyn's Law. Every week at this time, we get to hear from Selwyn Whitehead. She's not just an attorney at law. Selwyn knows her stuff and doesn't shy away from the truth, even when it's ugly. Her Bay Area practice focuses on helping her clients to manage their wealth through estate and tax planning, to managing their debt through reconstruction or bankruptcy. And now, it's time for Selwyn's Law. Good day and welcome once again to Selwyn's Law. My name is Selwyn Whitehead and I'm a California Bar Admitted Attorney and I'm also a Bankruptcy Law Certified Specialist who's been certified by the State Bar of California's Board of Legal Specialization. And as I've shared with you in the past, in addition to my JD, I hold a couple of master's degrees in law. That is to say, I am a master of the laws of taxation laws. I'm also a master of the laws of intellectual property laws. And because of my training, my experiences, my lifelong interests and money and finance and wealth creation and wealth preservation and wealth transfer and the roles that these particular aspects of economics play in the lives of everyday people like you and me, I primarily practice bankruptcy law. Once again, yes, bankruptcy law, because as I've shared with you, I think bankruptcy is the opposite side of the two-headed coin that allows personal and professional entrepreneurs to create wealth and preserve that wealth. And it's also what we need to run an efficient and effective and one day soon a very fair and equitable economy that serves us all. And I want you to know why. And that's because very wise personal and professional entrepreneurs know that they, in addition to having a strategic plan for making the business, be it a business business or the unit of a family to make it run efficiently in the back of one's mind, you have to have two exit strategies. One, when things are going well, you need to figure out a succession plan. And that's how you're going to either um, transfer the assets of the business or the assets of the family unit to the next generation or take the profits and use some of them in your retirement and, you know, will the rest or set up a trust for the next generation. Or most importantly, where bankruptcy comes in is where we run our business or our home into a ditch, either because of our mismanagement or malfeasance, or such as where we have a pandemic or some kind of external event that causes us to run our business or our professional uh, uh, entity or our personal home and related uh, family unit 
because you know there were factors that were beyond our control. And so bankruptcy comes in as a mechanism to help that business or that family unit get out of the ditch in an ethical and legal way. And so that's why I practice bankruptcy law. I like looking forward to helping my clients dig themselves out of a ditch. And I got to tell you, more and more, I'm hearing from entrepreneurs who are starting new ventures, and they just want to have someone discuss with them the ramifications of when, and, and I don't say if, but when the entrepreneurship, the enterprise runs into trouble, just like the Starship Enterprise every week would run into Klingons and whatever. And in your personal life, for financial wise, and also in your business life, you're going to, you know, from time to time, run into Klingons who are dead set on making your financial unit go into a ditch. And that's what uh, bankruptcy is there for one to think about. And because I practice bankruptcy law, I also practice its first cousins, that is to say, debt wealth management outside of bankruptcy, estates and trusts outside of bankruptcy, real estate law outside of bankruptcy, and their offspring taxation law. And I got to tell you, sometimes I work all of those laws <laughs> inside of a bankruptcy. That's why it's such a fascinating area of law. And I believe every entrepreneur, everybody who has a financial link needs to try to understand it. That's why I do this show, one of the reasons why. And as I've shared with you before, I'm also proud to say that I sometimes have the opportunity to at least seek out and attempt to vindicate the rights of seniors who find themselves the targets. And unfortunately, more and more, the victims of financial elder abuse that's running rampant in this country today is more and more charlatans take the place of, of, of entrepreneurs and others who want to do well by the rest of the members of our society. So I'm coming to you again today as I slowly but surely emerge from my voluntary lockdown as I've passed the 14-day post second shot of my vaccine, that is to say that wait and see period that the medical community suggests everyone who gets the vaccine takes to make sure that everything's kosher. And I have to share with you that as of, you know, a couple days ago and now I still have all my limbs attached and I feel all right. You know, um, I got to tell you, there was a time where I was a little bit, you know, queasy, but I, I'm over that. And I don't usually have headaches, but I got to tell you, I had a couple of headaches uh, after I took the second dose, but that seems to have subsided. So I, I feel everything's right in the world and I'm ready to venture out. But I got to tell you, in as much as we all know that not everyone in our community, in our country, have been vaccinated or already had the disease and come over it, I'm going to be very careful when I am out and about. And I'm going to take things slowly and steadily as I get back into the mix. And I got to tell you, I went out the other day, yesterday, and I wear my mask. And I was really happy to see that most of the people that were out in the shopping center where I was and the grocery store where I was were wearing their masks. Because until we all or most of us get vaccinated, the, 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 uh, the virus is still out there. Okay, so that's why I'm coming to you again from my makeshift studios in my home in an 
the great world-class city, that is to say, the always beautiful Oakland, California, and I come to you to discuss some of the financial and legal issues confronting individuals, families, and small business owners. However, I must once again ask you to please note that this show does not provide any legal advice, nor am I developing an attorney-client relationship with anyone within the sound of my voice. Instead, this show strives strictly to serve as an educational forum for the exchange of information from me to you that might be helpful to you as you begin your search for more detailed information that's tailored to your specific set of facts and circumstances because everybody's facts and circumstances are different. And hopefully I can provide you with at least an overall outline of some of the key issues that may help you seek out and find the qualified professional help that I urge you to get if you're dealing with a legal issue concerning your finances. And I do this because as I'm known for saying, I think representing oneself in a legal matter, especially one dealing with your assets, is just like taking a butter knife or a soup ladle to a gunfight. And if you take a butter knife to a gunfight, and you're lucky and your adversary is napping and you might be able to sneak up on her and get real close and you might be able to scratch her on the arm or even poke her in the eye, but more than likely, you're the one that's going to be dead on arrival. That is to say, your valid claims and your legal defenses will likely see the promised land way before you do. However, if you take a soup ladle to a gun fight, you might be able to serve your adversary with one of my favorites, grandma's homemade chicken soup before you get gunned down. So once again, I must share with you the purpose of Selwyn's Law in case you haven't guessed it. It's to talk about and to share with you the law as it relates to your money and your overall finances and what you need to consider to protect your and or your families and or your business's financial health, wealth and money related well-being as I understand these concepts in this non-threatening form. So today, I want to follow up on a couple of topics we've discussed in the not-so-distant past, including the status of that lawsuit that I told you about, where the district court in the District of Columbia lifted the eviction moratorium on a nationwide basis. Then that court implemented a stay while the government appealed that decision to the appeals court, the court of appeals, a higher court in that particular area. So that court of appeal issued a ruling just earlier this week, overruling the district court, the district court judge, the trial court, allowing the moratorium to continue while um, parties decide what to do. Now, the moratorium is supposed to end anyway at the end of this month, unless someone extends it or Uh, the matter gets litigated, but for now that moratorium is still in effect. Also, I want to talk about what we talked about back in late October of 2020, prior to the uh, presidential election, where I shared with you all both my spiritual and secular reasons for not voting for the former president and voting for the Biden-Harris ticket. However, as might be expected, Many of my reasons encompassed overlapping landscape that was both spiritual and secular in nature at the same time. Now, one of those points of intersection was my perception that the former president was not really considering the ramifications of of that president's view on the environment, especially when it came to 
um, pulling the United States out of the Paris Accord, climate accord, and more importantly, not more importantly, but I, more real to me, although both are real, his decision to, to allow drilling up in Alaska in the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge. Both decisions I consider to be ill-conceived. Well, shortly after the new president took office, he indicated and started the process to get us back in to the Paris Accord. But I want you to know that he also appointed the first Native American person to be the Secretary of Interior. Her name is Deb Holland. And this past Tuesday, June the 1st, she issued an order temporarily halting all leasing and drilling in that wildlife reserve. So when we come back, I'll give you a little bit more detail about the appeals court ruling on the eviction moratorium and Secretary Holland's rationale to put at least a temporary hold on going forward with any leasing or drilling rights in the Arctic National Wildlife Reserve. But first, we're gonna take a short break and I'll see you on the other side. back to Selwyn's Law. Once again, your host, Selwyn Whitehead. Welcome back to Selwyn's Law as we continue our discussion of today's topics, those being the Court of Appeals ruling on the eviction moratorium and brand spanking new Secretary Deb Holland's rationale for at least putting a temporary hold on going forward with the leasing and drilling rights in the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge up in Alaska, a place where I was raised for part of my childhood, one of the most beautiful places on this planet. And which is why I say I was personally distressed at the thought of any further damage to that beautiful, pristine environment. And many of you might not realize uh, that being at the top of the world yeah, the Arctic Circle, the closest neighboring country to America at the top of the world is the country that seems to be bent on interfering with our elections and our power grid and our food supply. And I speak of the Soviet Union, Russia, or whatever it's called right now. And I've always been interested in science and climate and um, the impact of science on human beings. And when I was a little girl, um, I lived on a military installation with my mom and my one of my stepfathers. And my mother was an employee of the Department of Interior. So you could say my whole family um, is, is interested in the environment. But many people don't realize that the Arctic ocean is frozen or should be frozen for most of the time, most of the year. And I remember seeing, you know, videos about the icebreakers going up there uh, uh, in the springtime to clear, you know, limited pathways for some uh, ships to go through. But do you realize that now because of global warming, the Arctic Ocean is like a regular ocean, which is not a good thing environmentally? And it's also not a good thing strategically from a defensive posture, because now 
there are ports up there that are available to our closest neighbor <laughs> to have uh, submarine bases and the likes. Looking on top of Canada and Alaska, which is part of the United States. I'm just throwing that out there for some of you nerd burgers out there, young people that are interested in the uh, environment. There's also a strategic defensive reason for not having the Arctic Ocean melt away. Anyway, so let's focus on first the um, uh, an article that was written by David Yeffen Bellamy and published on the Bloomberg Turn terminal on June 2nd, 2021, and it states that the U.S. government's nationwide prohibition on eviction can stay in effect, a federal appeals court ruled. It goes on to say, a three-judge panel in Washington said that the eviction moratorium instituted by the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention can continue while the Biden administration appeals the lower court's ruling that overruled the ban. So let, let me just um, level set here. The higher court uh, was asked whether or not the stay should stay in effect. It hasn't ultimately ruled on whether or not the judge was correct in her ruling doing away with the ban on the moratorium. This is a procedural um, victory for uh, those of us who don't want the uh, eviction moratorium to just be blown away. But there's also a timing issue here. The current status of the moratorium goes away at the end of the month, the end of June, which is just a few weeks from now. And either what's going to happen is the moratorium is going to go away anyway, so the case will become moot. Or if someone extends it, the preparation for the trial uh, uh, will continue, the, the trial at the higher level to decide whether or not the judge um, made the right decision. So I just wanted to clarify there. It's not a victory and it's not a defeat. It's just that everything's been put on hold and either the uh, moratorium will go away of its own weight or there'll be an opportunity for both sides to wage battle in the Court of Appeals. So I just wanted to bring that up. And, 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 and basically, as you recall, as I shared with you back on May 8th, uh, Judge Friedrich had thrown out the National Evictum Moratorium on May the 5th after concluding that it was legally unsupportable. And um, there, it, it thereby upended uh, the COVID-19 relief measure that had protected millions of tenants uh, by uh, uh, giving them an opportunity to stay in their, um, in their, their uh, rental units. But it also creates and continues to create a hardship for landlords who, in effect, are providing services and not being compensated. The services they're providing is keeping the, the buildings maintained and allowing people to live in their units without paying rent while they continue to have the uh, obligation to pay their mortgage payments. And so a better solution, as I shared with you, at least a handful of progressive Democrats are saying, let's just have a moratorium on not only paying rent, but also on the ability uh, for uh, a landlord to basically lose his property for not making his mortgage payments. And they also wanted to create a fund to uh, help 
to pay the mortgage holders because there's three parties in this relationship. So that's why, um, you know, a, 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 a group of landlords went to court because they said that they were being taken advantage of. So that's that's the status of, of, of that particular case. Now, I, I want to uh, turn again to a, a ruling, um, an order that was issued by our brand new Secretary of Interior, Deb Hollins, the first Native American Secretary of the Interior. Um, and, and, and her rationale is, no, let me back up. Generally, when a government makes a decision about giving land away or allowing land to be used in a particular way or allowing uh, leasing rights or drilling rights or mining rights, something has to occur known as an environmental impact study. It's supposed to be undertaken by disinterested third parties that will look at the impact of allowing an action on the land to go forward. And so it's an impact and it looks at cost benefit analysis and also environmental impact. That <laughs> did not happen. And so that's what really troubled me and other people that are involved or care about our environment. And you're saying, well, why does someone care about the environment? I shared with some of you before. I am an environmentalist. I might not look like one, but I am one. And you know what? That spiritual and secular intersection that I'm talking about, God gave us this planet. Okay, you don't call the center of the universe God. The center of the universe gave us this planet to live on. Not Venus, where, you know, we'd burn up. And not, uh, you know, an exoplanet like Pluto, where we'd freeze to death. There is some conscious basis uh, for us being on Earth. Therefore, if the center of the universe made this planet for us, I think we have a duty to hand it off to the next generations in no worse shape than the way we got it. Now, it's not necessarily that we got it in such great shape, but we got some of the smartest people that were ever on this planet living today, and we certainly can figure out how to to see to the next generation a planet that's inhabitable. But that's not the way things going, a la my story about the Arctic Ocean. So... Deb Holland on June 1 issued order number 3401. The subject is comprehensive analysis and temporary halt on all activities in the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge relating to the coastal plain oil and gas le uh, leasing program. That's what the former uh, administration allowed to go forward without an environmental impact study. Her order goes on to say this order is taken in the furtherance of Section 4A of Executive Order 13990 entitled Protecting Public Health and the Environment and Restoring Science to Tackle the Climate Crisis. And that order was issued by the president on January 20, 2021. And basically, this order puts the kibosh on leasing rights that have already been let until 
this environmental impact study can be conducted and concluded. And she concludes that this order is effective immediately and will remain in effect until it is amended, superseded, or revoked, whichever occurs first. Now, because money's involved, I'm sure there's going to be some litigation about this, but it gives me uh, some relief to know that people in Washington care about the environment because it's something that all of us need to be concerned about because this is where we live, and more importantly, this is where our children live. So I'm going to leave it there for now, but always in closing, like to say here on Salem's Law, we always want to stay on the right side of the law, including the laws dealing with the tensions between environmentalists and the, those who want to exploit the environment and the tension between tenants and landlords during a pandemic. In the meantime, please get vaccinated. And until we have that herd immunity, Keep your social distance, mask up, and wash your hands, and I'll see you next time. Take care. Thank you for taking the time to listen to Selwyn's Law. Remember, the Law Office of Selwyn Whitehead is a designated debt relief agency under the federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking relief under the bankruptcy code. When it comes to your finances and your rights, seek no other than the Law Office of Selwyn Whitehead. Selwyn is your go-to finance attorney, specializing in estate planning, wealth management, bankruptcy, tax, and real estate law. In other words, Selwyn knows her way around the dollar, and your rights are protected by our laws. Protect your money. Know your rights. Partner with Selwyn Whitehead. For immediate assistance, or if you have questions, call 510-633-1276, 510-633-1276, or go to selwynwhitehead.com. The preceding paid program is sponsored by the Law Office of Selwyn Whitehead, who is solely responsible for its content.